This morning, uh, we're going to be uh, back in the, the book of Psalms uh, again. I remember uh, several weeks ago, I finished up working our way through John's epistles, these letters that John wrote to a church uh, in the, uh, that was found in the New Testament. And um, uh, just spending a couple of weeks uh, looking at the Psalms, which would be, we'd understand as a, a hymn book for, for God's people, a collection of songs and prayers to to, for God's people to, to sing, to pray, that helps to shape our, our hearts and our, our understanding. Um, we're going to be, uh, this so next week, uh, um, John Martin, who's preached here before, he's one of the pastors up at Westminster in Suffolk, he's going to uh, be preaching from uh, Romans chapter 5 next week. Uh, and then following that will be uh, the first, the, the four weeks leading up to Christmas, we under, uh, we have tended uh, historically to, to celebrate as a time of Advent. Advent is anticipating the coming of Jesus, um, looking back at his first coming, but anticipating and longing for and hoping for his, his second coming. And so we'll spend four weeks in the book of Exodus looking at the Advent and Exodus, the coming and anticipation of God being with his people. Um, and then we'll, uh, we'll start it through a new book come, uh, come January. So just to give you an overview of what we'll be for the for the next few uh, few weeks, um, but this morning we're going to be in uh, in Psalm 100. Uh, this next Thursday is Thanksgiving, um, and this psalm is actually uh, entitled. Remember what we talked about last week? Uh, maybe in your in your Bible, there's a bold heading over your psalm. That's something that your your editor, your publisher has put in. But the little italics under that is actually verse 1, part of verse 1 in the Hebrew. And so this psalm is entitled, A Psalm for Giving Thanks. Uh, and so maybe as, as we approach Thanksgiving and thinking of it, of it more broadly, is it, is it just about turkey? Is it just about uh, sweet potato casserole with, a, with a, the toasted marshmallows on top? Is it just about football or, or time away? Or is there, is there something broader to that? What, what are we thankful for? What are the dynamics of thanksgiving? How does it work itself up out of our hearts and our lives? What are we thankful for? Uh, to, to whom are we, are we thankful? Just in general or to our covenant making and keeping God? So we'll look here in Psalm 100 uh, as a way to, to hopefully move and guide us as a to be a people of, of thanks. Um, and so, if you want to follow along with me, uh, if you want to use one of the Bibles there in your, in your seats, one of those uh, black Bibles, um, Psalm 100 is found on page 500. Uh, and we'll be looking at all five verses this morning. Um, so if you would, follow along with me as we hear from the Word of God uh, this morning. Psalm 100, a psalm for giving thanks. Make a joyful noise to Yahweh, all the earth. Serve Yahweh with gladness. Come into His presence with singing. Know that Yahweh, He is God. It is He who made us, and we are His. We are His people and the sheep of His pasture. Enter His gates with thanksgiving and His courts with praise. Give thanks to Him. Bless His name. For Yahweh is good. His steadfast love endures forever and His faithfulness to all generations. Let's pray. <coughs> Father, we thank You for, uh, for Your Word. Uh, we pray that uh, as hearts that, 
that want to be thankful, but many times struggle uh, to do so well, uh, that this morning you would uh, change us, inform us on, on who we are, on who you are, and make us a more uh, thanksgiving people uh, for your glory. In Christ's name, amen. As the, the psalmist who, who writes this, uh, it, it moves to, to the end, to a place of, of thanksgiving. Um, but, but as the, the psalm begins, it starts in a, in a different place. It starts in a place of, of celebration. Notice what is said in these, these first two verses. Make a joyful noise to Yahweh, all the earth. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come into His presence with singing. And in order to know what he's talking about, it's important for us to understand some of some of these terms. Maybe you've heard this before. Make a joyful noise. Uh, if you have frequented church often, you hear people sometimes talk about this. Uh, and, and maybe uh, I, have a, I have a clip from uh, the Andy Griffith show. Um, if many of you may have not grown up watching this or have no clue what I'm talking about, but uh, it's based actually out of uh, Mount Airy, North Carolina, is the, the real town that this is, is based off of. But um, it's Andy Taylor and uh, Barney Fife is his, uh, his deputy. And here they are practicing to sing in, in the choir um, and uh, see how, what you make of, of Barney's joyful noises. That Please turn to number 14A for our first selection. Ready? Hazel. Sweet springtime, we greet thee in song. <laughs> Folks, I think I detected a little flat note there. <laughs> well, perhaps I'm mistaken, but let's just try it again, shall we? Hazel? Welcome, sweet springtime, we greet thee in song. No, no, no. Folks, I definitely heard it this time. Someone is definitely singing off key. Now let's just watch it, shall we? Hazel? Excuse me. Excuse me. Well, maybe I can help you out. I'll sort of move around and see if I can spot who it is. Very good, Bonnie. <laughs> Hazel? Saying, we're called to make a joyful noise, and so uh, you're, 
You may be self-conscious about what other people are thinking, and so you too may say, well, I'm not the greatest singer, but I do make a joyful noise. Well, that really is what the psalmist is talking about. Is that the context of what a joyful noise means? Actually, maybe uh, if, we, if we look more at, at it, when, when it's talking about making a joyful noise, it's not talking so much about singing joyfully, as much as it is uh, giving praise and, and adoration to a king, giving uh, homage or, or fanfare, announcing that your king has come and has, has come, that he's in your presence. Maybe if we, that might be a little foreign to our, our uh, context, but maybe it fits more in like, like this, would be more of our understanding of what a joyful noise would sound like. Should be part of what our rejoicing and our celebration produces. 
Make a joyful noise to Yahweh all the earth. Talking about everyone who dwells within the earth. It's, it's as if the, the worship and praise and, and heart attitude and delight, the expression of God's people as we live in the world, should have an effect of welcoming and inviting those who do not know our God to come, to, be, to find their freedom in Him, that they might celebrate think about this context where we're giving great praise and adoration, excitement and anticipation by the fact that we're seeing and being and entering into the presence of our God. Is this something that you do that would describe your heart? Think, think about this. Think about over the past month. Where have you celebrated? Where have you cheered in this way? Think about coming to church on Sundays to worship God in this manner? Do you have the feeling of those who are in the presence of Bon Jovi that you delight, not, not just verbally, but when you're in your heart? Is your coming to worship and be in the presence of God one of anticipation and delight and excitement and there's so much joy that you don't know that you can contain it and you want to just give praise
Sometimes we even think about this. Oh, you know who's excited? New Christians. People who have just met Jesus. They have all sorts of reasons to be excited and celebrate. It's new to them. They're still on the honeymoon. But when reality sets in and a normal aspect of life comes in, it just kind of drifts away. It's, it's in the past. But it's not a healthy marriage, one that you grow in your delight. You're uh, longing to be with your husband or your wife. But think about other ways. When I was on staff at Campus Crusade for Christ, I worked at Clemson University. And in 1981, Clemson won the national championship in football. They celebrated greatly then, let me tell you. But they never forgot that victory. Every year after that, Dave and Lindsay can uh, uh, attest to this. Clemson celebrated and looked back on that victory that they achieved in 1981. The head coach, Danny Ford, he ended up retiring from football, lived in Clemson. It was very hard for him to go into a restaurant even years after that people would not want to celebrate him and purpose him a meal. When the team comes up 10, 15, 20 years later, 20 years past winning this national football, or the, the NCAA football championship, they come out on the field and the, the stadium erupts at this group of guys who won this championship then. They have no problem, even though it happened years and years ago. Up until this past year, one way to describe Clemson football is they always look backward to 1981, celebrated it, and anticipated it, and longed for it to come again. If that's true of football, football, why do we struggle to think of this celebration, the presence of our God? to address him and to know him, to be 
He's not a distant God, but he is a close, personal God. But notice what the psalmist says. He is God. He's not just a regional being. He's not just uh, a, a myth or something that's made up. But he is the one true God. This God that you worship, whose presence that you're entering into, he has no competitors. He's sovereign. He's all-powerful. He has all authority. In fact, he has made all things. He is without rival. The God whose covenant name you call upon, the God who has given you this covenant name to worship him by, he is the one
I was a UNC Chapel Hill fan. Um, but when I was applying for schools, Chapel Hill didn't have what I wanted to study. It's going into civil engineering. So I applied for NC State. I got accepted early in the, in the year of my senior year. And uh, there were some friends of mine at church who were, you know, some of the NC State uh, fans. Dad was an NC State grad, and both of them ended up uh, going there. They invited me to go to a football game. Before, I would have been absolutely disgusted. No way am I going to go watch the horrible Wolfpack play. So, but I go. I've been accepted. My identity, at least on paper, had, had changed. I was now a member of the Wolfpack. And we go to this football game, and the team plays. And these, these crazy things happen at football games as, as people yell stuff out. One whole side of the stadium will go, Wolf! Another side of the stadium will go, Pack! Wolves! Pack! The same thing happens with red and white. But then they start singing a song, a fight song. We're the red and white state, and we know we are the best. Hands behind their backs, we can take on all the rest. OTO to Caroline, Devil's Deep Stand Line, Red and White from NC State. Go, State! <laughs> I'm finding myself. Yeah. 
come and defeat the evil one, liberate God's people. How is that going to happen? Well, it's going to happen by God taking on flesh, Jesus becoming a man, suffering and dying in our place, taking our sin upon him, dying the death we deserve, being risen to new life, confirming that he was who he said he was, that his death actually accomplished something, and that you could be made right with God through looking to him. It took this God dying for us to redeem us, to liberate us, to make us his people. That's a part of what our identity is. Those who have been redeemed and saved from our sin, from our rebellion in this world. And now, we are his. We are his adopted sons and daughters, part of his
One of the things that we saw as we went through Genesis is that when God makes these covenant promises, he's making the promises to, uh, to believers and to their children, to the generations that come, that I will be your God. identity, thanksgiving. But what is the effect when you, when you maybe realize you struggle with celebration? You struggle to give your heart to other things and not delighting in the Lord. We're shaped. We understand more of our identity. That should work itself out in response to the gospel to a place of thanksgiving. But that's not the end. What does it end up doing? to loop itself around. It's a cycle. The more that we understand our identity, the more that we grow in our thanksgiving and our thankfulness to our God, the more then, what does that do? It fuels our celebration as we enter into our presence. We continue to reflect more on our identity, who He is, amazed that we would even be able to be considered His people. It grows in our thanksgiving, and it goes Joyful noise to Yahweh, all the inhabitants of the earth. It comes to him. 
welcomes you. Look to Jesus that you might know a new identity, that you might be thankful in a way that you've never been before, and that you might celebrate the forgiveness and deliverance and liberation that is only found in Christ. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we love you. We thank you that you, in your kindness and your mercy, have given us these great promises, calling us to be your people, giving your own life to secure us as being adopted into your family. Forgive us for our lack of celebration. Forgive us for our lack of thanksgiving. Move us that we might delight more and more in Jesus. For your glory, in Christ's name.